and all the time. It is good to be together in the house of the Lord online. We welcome you too, those who are watching. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Holy God, we thank you for this morning in which we come to worship. May you be our focus, not us up here, not the music, Lord, but you, your very presence and your very spirit that comes and moves amongst us and within us, Lord, to surround us, uh, to encourage us, to convict us, to lead us. Uh, Lord, thank you for these words that you have inspired, that you have offered us, that you have given through your son Jesus, that we as your followers today, Lord, can seek to follow you more closely, to know you more assuredly. So, Lord, now just set my voice aside. May you be the one that's heard this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. There are two stories that surround us. The story of the good news gospel and the story of the world. How do we as Christians share this story? How do we as Christians tell this story in a way that it out-narrates? In a way that it prevails over the story of the world. Jesus does that in his Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5, he talks about righteousness, our righteousness, our walk with God, and our relationship to the world. And then in Matthew 6, he begins to talk about our relationship with him. We've talked each week in our series together about the three pillars, the three fundamental acts, the three foundations of faith upon which a Jewish person built their relationship. And we today are encouraged to build our relationship with God. Do you remember what those three have, have been? Prayer. Prayer. Fasting. Charity. One more. First week. Charity. Charity. Charitable deeds. Almsgiving. That we share today. And it seems that last one is the one on which Jesus today begins to build upon and offer some specific examples for us to follow. So join me in the reading of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. Join me with the Bibles you've brought, your devices, or the Pew Bibles online. Join me with your Bibles at home if you have them available. Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and wealth. This is the word of God for us today, the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. What is it with the roads in Memphis? 
I'm not talking about the ice that made it hard to travel this week. I'm talking about the potholes and the nails. Do you have problems with nails? I find myself always finding a nail in my tire. You go outside and you don't always notice the low tire. You get in, the, the car signal comes on to say low tire. You get out, you check the pressure, there it is. You hope you can get to the tire shop before uh, it gets too flat. All the staff here, just about every one of them, has taken me to the tire store or picked me up, and some have taken me more than once, knowing that's where I am. Isn't that right, Jane? See, she, she knows. So you go to the tire store, and then you're in a dilemma. You're up to there. Do you get to replace the tire, or can they patch the tire? And it seems to be 50-50 on what's going to happen. And then you've got to decide which tire you're going to buy. Are you going to buy a good tire, a good quality, high-mileage tire that's well-rated, Spend a little more money, and thanks for road hazard insurance, for sure. Or do you just get a basic tire? And then the dilemma is, do all your tires going to match? And then are they all worn about the same amount because you've got one new tire, one old tire, one medium tire? And that gets me tired, thinking about tired tires. <laughs> when we buy things, especially things that matter, things that we depend on, like tires, we want to buy something that will last. But even after 65,000 or 80,000 miles, those tires can't get me to heaven because you know what happens to them? They wear out. Jesus in Matthew 6 verses 19 and 20 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures and heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus begins to warn us about things that will wear out. Things that consume us. A man's statue was identified by the type of clothes he wore. And the finer clothes, the finer social status he was under. But even those clothes might wear out. Even moths might destroy those clothes. We put too much at stake or put too much trust into those things that offer us only diminishing returns. Jesus warns us about these things that seem to erode away. The word translated here is rust. It's the only place in the Bible that this word is translated rust. Usually it's translated differently. The little word here though is eating word, not necessarily the metal rusting word. It's to something being eaten away like grain that mice and worms would get in and erode it away. What's it about time? What about time has its way of eroding not just our things, but our lives too? How many of you wish you could do something you can't do anymore? Susan and I were visiting with a couple and as we talked, they talked about skiing over Christmas and how they had just gone, and I didn't realize it's been almost 30 years since I've been snow skiing. I've always had it in my mind to go back, but I'm not sure if I could ski like I did 30 years ago. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking, too, about my dad's declining health, and the saddest thing is to see him not able to do what he used to love to do, and now even some of the basic things that we all do have become difficult. Jesus reminds us, 
that even our material possessions can get stolen. He talks about breaking in and stealing. You read in the paper, you see on the news, more cars stolen, more cars broken into. At the St. Jude weekend, 100 cars were stolen. The next weekend, 30 cars were broken into. It's flabbergasting. The literal translation here for the word break in is to dig through. To dig through. Now take back to the time that the scripture was written. Any idea what the houses were made of during this time? I hear some mumbling. What do you think? Clay. It was, it was thick baked clay that was together. But even something like thick baked clay was flimsy. All that secured one's treasures that were hoarded behind them was a thin and flimsy wall. That one would come and dig through that wall to get in. We know this. We've heard this. We've shared this. We cannot build our life on material things. We can't find happiness that lasts on material things. So Jesus says in verse 20, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So what are these treasures? Well, Jesus begins to answer those words in Matthew 5 in the Beatitudes that we have shared before. People can take many things from us, but they can't take our character, the essence of ourself. And it's through deeds of kindness that we often can distribute these treasures to others it's better to give than receive, right? We've heard that, and how many times have we told our own children that? If we hoard our kindness, it's eventually lost. But when we give it away, these deeds of kindness bring treasures in heaven to others and ourselves. In one of the worst times during the Roman persecution, the Roman authorities would break into Christian churches and steal their treasures. One such story was told of a soldier who demanded from the head of the church to show me the treasure. And so the man took him around the church and showed him the widows who were being cared for, the orphans who were being fed, the sick who were being nurtured. These, he said, are the treasures of the church. What do we as a church, what do we as Emmanuel show as our treasure? Does it show? If while on earth we focus on earthly things, we leave the earth begrudgingly. If we focus on the above, then we leave gladly rejoicing because we get to see and we get to be with God at last. If we as a church, as we as people, only focus on the things of this world, we never give people an opportunity to see the treasures that we have been blessed with and what those treasures in heaven really look like. Now let me be clear here, Jesus isn't saying that the world is not important. What he's saying is that the world's importance is not in itself. The world and things in this world are not a means to an end. They should point us upward. They should point us heavenward. We are to fix our eyes on the goal beyond. As a minister, we have the privilege to walk with people in many celebrations of their lives, whether it's births or baptisms, weddings, and many other special celebrations. 
We also have the honor to walk with people during some of the hardest times of their lives, tragedies and suffering, sickness, and even death. In the weeks before Christmas, one of the most religious holidays and unfortunately one of the most worldly holidays. In these weeks before Christmas, George Riker and Claire Rainey were preparing to make their journey from this world to the next. They never complained about their circumstances, their pain, their struggles that they were both facing. Claire often spoke that God had something special in store for her. George would speak about God's goodness in his life and that he had seen in the community, the church community. I remember my visit after one of those conversations with George, that he was no longer able to focus or move, but his eyes were fixed. And what occurred to me is that his eyes were now fixed on above, not fixed on this world anymore. Verse 22 and 23 talk about the eyes. The eyes become the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body would be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. The eye becomes the very window by which light gets into the body. It determines what gets in and what stays out. If the window's clean, then the light seems to flood into the room. If the window's dirty, then the room inside stays dark. Now what room am I talking about on the inside? But a person's heart. How light is a person's heart? L-I-G-H-T. It depends on the spiritual state of the eye. The view we have of the world and other people in heaven depends on the eye. What are your eyes focused on? Is it distorted with prejudice or jealousy or conceit? Are consumed by the anger that we've seen in these past weeks? When one is unable to see themselves as they really are, then they are un incapable of seeing others as they really are. When one is unable to see themselves as they really are, then they are incapable, incapable of seeing others as they really are. If one cannot see their faults and focuses only on their virtues, he or she is incapable of improving their life or improving others' lives. The real result within our vision is distorted, that we have trouble living with ourselves. And trouble living with others. We become bitter. We become resentful. There's no peace. There's no contentment. And if we can't live with ourselves and we can't live with others and others can't live with us, then it's impossible to live in the kingdom of God. A resentful eye, a selfish eye results in distorted vision, but a generous eye sees clearly. For it sees as God sees. And how does God see? but through love, with love. Verse 24 talks about no one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. 
You cannot serve both God and wealth. The literal translation again here of the word serve is to be a slave to. The word of master implies absolute, complete ownership. A slave during this time was not a person. They were considered a thing by the law. A slave was solely a possession to be used as his or her master owner sees fit. A slave could not have two owners. And a slave's time was not their own. Who is, or should I really say, what is your undisputed master? God seeks to be our undisputed master. He is our creator. What is it in your life that controls you, that dominates your time, your attention, your energy, your effort? Sometimes it'd be nice just to have a little time off of that. But we cannot take off time from being a Christian. There's never a time to relax our Christian standards. All things belong to God. All gifts are from God above. We might buy them, we might sell them, we might change them, we might trade them. But we cannot create them out of nothing. And people are more important than things. People are more important than things. Wealth is not all bad, as it's a means to do good. 1 Timothy 6.10 reminds us, it does not say that money is the root of all evil, but it says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Compared to the rest of the world, we're wealthy. Each and every one of us are wealthy. In spiritual terms, though we each have equal access to the heavenly treasure. We each have equal access to the heavenly treasures. They don't cost anything. Yet, in reality, they cost us everything. Verse 21 doesn't say where your heart is, there will be your treasure. But where your treasure is, there will be your heart. When our eyes are focused on heavenly treasures, our hearts will be full of light. Others will be able to see our heart amidst the darkness of the world. And our hearts will be given a peace like none other, no matter what darkness that we might face. But when our eyes are focused on earthly treasure, there will be nowhere to turn. Much, dis much disappointment when we face devastation destruction, and even disintegration. So let us be people of God. Let us be people of the kingdom of God who fix our eyes and the good news gospel that we may enjoy his earthly treasures fully and depend on his heavenly treasures eternally. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.